Time is now to learn from the masters. Let's go. Let's go. based on what you've learned. And that's why we're all going to be finite masters until we can learn to be forever students. That's what this is all about. Today is a great day to expand your mind and elevate others, to develop your own perceptions and offer vision to others as well, to absorb, to dispense. Today is a great day to learn and to lead. Welcome to the podcast that shares the perspective of those heralded as masters but are continuously evolving. Wherever you may be joining us today, welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Micah Thomas, and today we're going to have a conversation with a New York native who's become a two-time Guinness Book of World Record holder for the largest attendance for a virtual podcasting conference in one week in 2019 and broke his own record at 5,816 attendees in 2021. He is considered by many, myself included, to be an esteemed community builder, inclusive leader, generous giver, and premium podcast presenter on a self-made international stage that other podcasters of any level can stand and gain exposure. His passion for inclusion in the conversation is only matched by his work ethic in building massive online and in-person events that drive the podcasting community growth, including the annual PodFest Global Live event in Orlando, Florida each year. He is considered a master of communication, community building, as well as event planning and implementation. Let's welcome to the podcast from Tampa, Florida, Chris Kremitzis. Hey, Chris, how are you doing today? Micah, doing good, and I'm excited to uh, have a conversation with you. Well, the pleasure is all mine, Chris. I was totally elated when you were able to accept the invitation to join us on this, our very first podcast of Learn and Lead. So thank you again. I'd like to begin by saying I respect so much already just the resume that you have of notable accomplishments. And of course, today we're going to talk about some of those. And me personally, I consider you such a master uh, of community building and bringing people together and nothing shows that even more by being a Guinness Book of World Record holder twice for doing just that, bringing a community together, whether that be in person or online. But before we get there, I'd love to know a little bit about your origin. If you could just kind of tell us, man, what got you started in the podcasting community? So I have a skill set that I've developed of running events in communities, um, building communities via live events. And PodFest started with a meetup that we had. Someone taught about podcasting, and I just loved the whole concept and got home, told my wife all about it. And the two of us uh, had our first pod fight about who was going to start a podcast first and uh, helped a lot of people get started. And over the years, basically, I've learned through um, a lot of trial and error how to grow and scale communities via live events. And PodFest has become a community that exists, you know, virtually, physically, any way you want. It's a community of amazing people, um, but it's been amazing. It started with 13 people at a meetup. And then shortly thereafter, we had the first ever PodFest with 100 people, then 181 people. Then we moved it to Orlando. We had 373 people. Then we had, I believe, 496, then 975, uh, then just under 2,000 people. Then we went virtual during COVID and hit two Guinness World Records. 
So it's been an amazing journey and ride of um, supporting the community that supports me. And it's we've grown ever since. Wow. So from 13 people to over 5,000, that is absolutely incredible. And you're telling me this started in Tampa. Yeah, I was born in Tampa and then migrated to Orlando because um, Orlando is really an international hub for a lot of different people. So it's been an amazing ride. Okay, awesome. Awesome. Now, are you yourself from Tampa? No, I'm originally from New York. Uh, moved to Tampa about uh, now. It's going on 17 years. I mean, time flies. But uh, moved here. Loved loved Florida. Um, early adapter, I guess, compared to what we're seeing now, and just have been v- very um, fell in love with this region and the support that the people have given us here in Florida has been great. Well, we are birds of a feather that flock together on that, my friends. I certainly myself love the Orlando area and all that it provides. And as you mentioned, uh, there is quite a um, melting pot of of international exchange. And um, that's one of the things that I appreciated when I lived there uh, for several years. As a part of that, that's exactly what you're doing when you're bringing people together. And I suppose Orlando is a great hub for doing so because the tenor and magic of the city is just that, community, connection, uh, cultural exchange, and the like, which is essentially what the podcasting community is. Uh, all these different disciplines and topics and conversations and areas of interest all come together and everybody has a platform to express their opinions and voices and you help bring those folks together. But I'm curious, in the beginning, was the community overwhelming to you or did you see room for scale within it? Um, Just basically, how was that transition for you from obviously having the idea of podcasting implemented um, in your head or implanted in your head and then you being able to see how you could add to it? So I I had already built a community prior to that. Um, So I was very accustomed to building things on the street level, meaning like restaurants and just people coming right off the street into like a a behind this room, you know, in the back of a restaurant and then sharing with them information and teaching. So I had built uh, e-marketing groups, which is an internet marketing meetup where we all just would compare notes and learn about different things. So when PodFest and podcasting came around, what I promised myself to do is I would allow it to grow as big as the community wanted to grow. And I would be willing to learn on how to make that happen because in the past I would cap out my growth because I was afraid of the logistics and all the things that come with doing events. And this time around, I said, okay, you got to put the fear to the side. You got to start ugly each time you do this event. So the support uh, right out the gate was very, um, was there. And then we helped so many people get started. There was a need for them to get together and compare notes, if that makes sense. So there was a, a, a very big need for PodFest in the early years. And there is still a very big need for PodFest, just so you're aware, uh, even here in the later years, so to speak, and we're all the better for it. I can say that leads to a couple of different questions in my mind, and I'll kind of channel these in priority the best way I can. But you did mention here that, again, you'd noticed a need, and that need was noticed and observed were extracted from a community that you had already brought together. And again, that's really key, especially when building something, because obviously you have people that can help reverberate your message in the future uh, based on what you're doing. So obviously they're, they're already loyal essentially to your mission um, or your vision by default. Therefore, they help sort of continue to channel energy to others. Like Bill Gates said, uh, a great sale is the transfer of enthusiasm from one person to the next. So 
Again, this is a skill that you've sort of founded PodFest on in the early days. Well, the initial question here for me is because you bring community together and you're inclusive um, toward everyone in the conversation, uh, which is a default of bringing people together uh, because everybody has an opinion, is there a danger, would you say, and maybe danger is the wrong word, but is there a danger, I'll go ahead and use that word, in having other people's opinion be a part of the conversation where in reflection you have your own ideas and your own vision and your own plan, especially for, let's just say, PodFest. Um, how important do you think it is to have voices and other opinions as a part of your process of development? Uh, it's extremely important. I would say a lot of people will say, how do you get people to show up? And part of it is listening to the community and the feedback of what they need and then being able to provide what they need. And you have to be willing to, to answer your question, you have to be willing to decipher the the feedback that is actionable and executable that has the highest um, value for the community. And then the feedback that like, I'd love to do that, but right now we just don't, we can't allocate the resources. So we'll have to put that, what I call in the parking lot until it's ready, maybe a year or two later. So um, it's, the key is listening. The feedback's always great. Uh, making sure to take feedback from people that are just angry at the world. You can't really do anything with that. They're just angry. So you have to decipher that. But many people are, are uh, that want to see you grow, give really good constructive criticism. And you have to, you have to implement the things that you think you could really, uh, what I call functionalize in, into your, into your business event podcast. And then the, the, uh, the only other metric I would look at Micah is growth. So if people are bringing people to what you're creating, obviously you're, you're, you're functionalizing your art form in a way that is conducive to growth and more people you're on, you're on the right track, basically. Community. That's the key word. You said it, and I latched onto that because that is the base by which networks can expand. Again, it's also a key metric of how well you're doing. These are the people who are your influencers, and again, those that will um, help repeat your brand message. So if that's growing, obviously you're doing something right if they can offer positive recommendations, which of course PodFest itself uh, is a key example in place. That being said, my second question would essentially be because the podcasting community is so diverse uh, and there are so many different types of um, podcasts and, and disciplines and topics and conversations and areas of interest that I mentioned, is it or do you find difficulty in being an influential leadership voice amongst such a diverse community of creators? And I guess as a part B to that, how difficult is it to build an event sort of based around those type of diversity logistics, if you will? We've been very lucky to have a really engaged ambassador group that really supports us. And we're actually formalizing it this year into next year's event. So we've been very fortunate in that we're very blessed that we have uh, core people. I would say what's tough about doing an event um, during coming out of COVID and with inflation is expenses have really skyrocketed. So trying to do a big event and keeping your costs in line is probably um, the toughest logistical thing. For us, we're very fortunate that we've always listened to our community. We make sure to implement as much as we can to make sure everybody is heard. So we've been very fortunate in that we've done the fundamental things correctly. So our community supports us throughout. Uh, for a live event that deals with venues, our biggest um, challenge now is just expenses. 
I can certainly understand a physical challenge being a key challenge as that is the challenge for so many, especially in this economic climate uh, where we are right now. From that standpoint, uh, I know for you, that's just one of many challenges that you've probably faced uh, with PodFest over the years. My question would be, would you be willing to share at least one challenge with us that you know you've had to overcome uh, on the road to the accomplishment of what your vision was with PodFest? Well, we had one year where we um, we had to figure out how to bring people to the, to the uh, community. And one of our members actually said, hey, I'd like to buy a ticket so you could pay it forward. And then I mentioned it to some other members and five of them said, can we be part of that program? I said, sure. Um, that pay it forward program allowed us to open the doors to people that needed the information but couldn't afford it. And it also allowed our community to support other people and give them a hand up um, into the community. So that was huge. That allowed us to grow very quickly. Since then, we literally have people that purchase 50 to 100 passes a year for us to pay it forward. Um, the other thing is our expo hall. Um, like a lot of things that I didn't know, like an expo hall, you need there's like, I've had to learn terms that I didn't know exist, like drayage. Drayage is the company that helps your vendors behind the scenes. So you have to be willing to learn things continually. And I think that's good for my, for just my brain, you know, growth to be able to learn new things and new words and how things work. Uh, what I would say, Micah, for anyone is if you're not sure about something, interview three or four experts, get your estimates and get the feedback and you'll know a lot about that industry or issue very quickly um, if you didn't before. So I, I'm big on talking to experts, listening to them, uh, getting their opinions and then figuring things out for myself. Wow, that is absolutely amazing advice, Chris. Already, guys, you can see there's so much value uh, in what Chris has to offer here, but we're not done yet. We still have some more to talk about, especially the two-time uh, world record-winning process with Chris Kermissos and the PodFest Global family. We'll talk about that just after the break. Hang in with us. So I love audiobooks and all because I get to like hear a great story while I'm doing other stuff. When I work out, I love listening to music, but music of course gets kind of old. I drive to work every day and radio stations often play the same music over and over. I mean, we have streaming for music and talk, but where are our options for great stories? Storymore is so amazing because it's not just some guy reading. It's awesome acting, sound effects, and background music. It's like a movie for your ears. I mean, I can visualize the lore in my head because what you hear is so real. And I would actually pay for audiobooks because I love reading, but the subscription is so high. Storymore offers me the opportunity to listen to all kinds of stories while I'm working out. Where has Storymore been? Great stories, awesome value. Storymore. Storymore. Storymore rocks. You guys have to check it out. Storymore is a game changer. Welcome back. 
wherever you are joining us from. Again, we want to thank you for being a part of today's Learn and Lead podcast. I'm Micah Thomas. Of course, you already know we are here with Chris Kremitzos, who is joining us by phone today in Tampa, Florida, the creator of the two-time Guinness Book of World Record uh, holding event PodFest Global and uh, PodFest Live in Orlando, Florida. Chris, we want to pick up right where we left off discussing uh, community and how important it is to have these influential voices as a part of what you are doing. Um, but for you, uh, there's not just challenges, right? But there are also changes over time and uh, over a period of time due to several things. Obviously, you know, the pandemic in 2020 and um, the after effect of what we're still feeling now. My question would be, you've obviously learned and seen a lot over the years since the inception of this particular event, but what have you seen change over the years in creating such an amazing event that's so large and so heralded at this point? Um, I mean, how do you get it to that point and what changes have been instrumental along the way? Better yet, how has it changed and what changes have you noted as it's grown over the years? Well, you have to realize PodFest started as a one-track event. It's very easy to do a one-track event because it's one room, everybody's in it, the speakers are all in the same room, breaks are all together. Uh, last year, we had 12 tracks and an expo hall and rooms going on at all times. So that's a little overwhelming. You know, it's a lot to take care of. So um We've had to learn and expand. And I would have to say to you, Micah, there's not one podcast where I didn't learn at least five different things of what I should have done, could have done. Um, for anyone listening to this, what I learned is always pay attention to feedback. People that love what you do, that's that's really great. You need that positive encouragement, but always have people that you trust to give you really critical feedback so you could implement changes. And then always communicate to the community what those changes are so they know that you listen to the feedback that's like super important of course some of those tracks that you just mentioned are creation and launching of a podcast technology and innovation within a podcast and and things that can help that grow audience growth and marketing uh, how to monetize your podcast uh, you even touch on youtube and video as well as uh, networking and social media. So there's a bunch of workshops for anyone to get involved in uh, that may have up to this point not understood the full breadth and power of what PodFest can offer you in terms of information and network connections and uh, the ability to be in the same room with other creators who are striving to do the same uh, and just better themselves and develop themselves. And each year I've noticed it gets so much better with new speakers and new voices and uh, people who have accomplished notable things uh, from a monetary uh, and exposure standpoint. Um, for you, uh, we've talked a lot about how community is, is integral to your process. Uh, again, and kind of in follow-up to an earlier question, but uh, sort of a, a different perspective. How is having so many influential voices uh, to you impacting your original vision for PodFest? Or are you yourself always sort of open and flexible to the continuous evolution uh, of what people have to bring to the table with their opinions or thoughts or uh, perspectives and visions? No, there's individuals where it might conflict with what you're looking to do. Um, that's why I always recommend like, I always have a briefing and a debrief. So on the debrief, maybe you have a cross section of seven or eight people from your community or three or four, depending on how big your community is or how small. And um, you could just go different down different issues and you'll listen to the pros and cons or what different people want. 
And then uh, the main thing is to frame it in the positive, say, hey, guys, there's no right or wrong answers. I might not take your advice, but I am listening to your advice to figure out what's right for me and uh, the community. Uh, but I definitely need your feedback so I could think of that. Um, so just just framing it in the positive and listening. And then um, if, if there's conflicting advice that you cannot uh, um, take advantage of or you don't want to take advantage of, I'm a big proponent of telling the person, I really appreciate that advice. Right now, I'm going to have to table it because I have other things that I have to implement. This is important to me, but I have to figure out how I could allocate that. And, and if I can't do it this year, I'm going to definitely look into it next year. And there, everybody's pretty understanding if you're able to communicate why and what's going on and why you need to table something. Or you could just say, I appreciate that, but that's not in the line with what PodFest is trying to do. I think that would be great for a smaller event or some this kind of event because of this logistical challenge, but it's it's still great information. I really appreciate the feedback. So you always want to appreciate what where people are coming from. You never want to argue with them or tell them they're wrong because, um, you know, it's their opinion or their viewpoints, and you just want to appreciate that they're willing. The, the main thing, Mike, is if people are willing to safely offer you advice when you're asking for advice, that's actually a big thing because most people don't. They tend to tell you everything's great because they don't want to hurt your feelings. If someone's willing to give you really critical information, that's a very valuable person on your team. Well, if nothing else, uh, listeners, this is a masterclass in diplomacy, if nothing else. Chris, I think they need a lot more people like you on Capitol Hill uh, to get some genuine progress uh, for the entire country moving. Uh, but from that standpoint, uh, the information is so key to, again, allow influential voices in for the flexibility of growth, but to be able to uh, distinguish what's going to be most positive for the community as a whole, uh, while at the same time understanding that everyone's opinion is important. Again, such great information on how to keep uh, a very balanced approach with those who you are working with and as well uh, working for toward the, the good of this community in general. Um, a couple of last questions for you, Chris. I would uh, ask about PodFest uh, in its goal. Obviously, it's reached some pretty lofty ones. But in the beginning, uh, obviously, I think you, uh, all of us, when we're at the beginning of something major, aren't entirely sure how far it would go, maybe, or we might have some idea about um, some goals we'd like to reach. Can you give us an idea or an example of at least one goal um, that you guys have reached or a couple, whatever you would like? Um, for PodFest that uh, you can say, yeah, we reached that uh, and, and that was our goal in the beginning. We got there and give us some insight uh, or transparency on how you reached that. Well, in the early years, it was to get a thousand creators in a room. We thought that would be amazing. And we've done that since. Uh, in the, the future, I could tell you the future goals, which I think are really interesting. We've always wanted to bring the price down of PodFest for people to attend. So next year's PodFest, we actually created uh, Expo slash um, Beginner Pass for $99. So we actually are excited to have a pass level under $100 um, for people to attend. For those that don't know, uh, the pass levels used to start at 250. So we've commoditized the price down for people. And then we have a creator pass for the active creators. And then this next year, we actually have listened to the feedback. We have a pro pass. Those are podcasters that that's all they do full time. They hit certain types of downloads, certain types of revenue marks, and they need a lot of help on a lot of different things. Uh, and that pro pass will cater to those individuals so they could talk to each other and compare notes. So we're really excited, Micah. And we're also going to have um, a lunch pass that people could buy that we serve in the expo hall. So that way we're, we're looking to save people time and to make it easier for them to connect 
with all the people that they need while they're at PodFest. And we're trying to condense the time into three days or less. So we're really trying to be as efficient as we can to bring as many people as we can and to have price points that are uh, allowing more people to have access to the information. Well, guys, I just got to tell you, $99 is a drop in the bucket to the value you actually get to being a part of this event. And I'm actually amazed that you guys were able to uh, reach a um, affordable price point with respect to, again, the value that you offer at this actual event. As a side note, uh, for all of you that are listening, um, value is really involved with what you're getting out of something and not what you're paying for it. Uh, Wallace Waddles once said in the book, The Science of Getting Rich, uh, if I sell a man a book uh, for uh, $10, I might be uh, wrong on the cost, but if I sell uh, a book to him for X amount of dollars, but he makes uh, some exuberant amount more in X amount of dollars than even though the cost of the book may have been whatever it was, I have not wronged the man because I've given him greater value uh, uh, in the long run than what he initially invested. And I know a lot of times we look at these conferences and, and things like that and we're like, oh, I, the money could be put somewhere else. I don't have to travel. I don't have to go to this. You know, what's it going to do for me? Guys, you are going to be at uh, what is considered to be one of the most elite podcasting events, um, conference and networking events in the entire country. Uh, and obviously that's been validated by the level of attendance that they, that is there, the speakers that are there, the tracks that they have that are specific and can bring a ton of value to what it is that you're doing in the podcasting space, if you're in that space at all. And if nothing else, you can learn that anybody that has a specific goal that's out to help mankind and help grow a community and strengthen people in their ideas and their perspectives uh, or offer a platform to do that, uh, certainly you can reach your goals, whatever they might be. And again, we're talking today with the master of community, uh, Chris Kremitzis and the uh, his PodFest global family. Uh, Chris, from the PodFest standpoint, we got to touch on it before we leave today. You guys have broken two Guinness Book of World Records for, again, the largest attendance of a podcasting uh, conference online within one week. As I mentioned some of the numbers earlier, I think the record-breaking number was 5,816 people at PodFest Global, which is separate from PodFest Live. The Live is the in-person event that you hold every year, but you also do PodFest uh, Global, which is not exactly the expo. Uh, but still a ton of value in that event and, of course, more affordable due to the um, uh, virtual setting of it, which makes logistics for you guys, I'm sure, easier. Uh, could you give us an idea of uh, what started that Guinness Book of World Records goal for you? Well, during COVID, I, I'll be honest, Micah, it was a lonely place, man. There was no events going on. I wanted to see my community. A friend of mine said, why don't you see if you could apply for a Guinness World Record if they're willing to certify it? And they did. They said, we, we're looking at something like this. Can you hit 5,000 people? I go, I don't know, but I could try. And that's when we set the first Guinness World Record. And then I, I felt there, maybe there was a chip on my shoulder. I just love that commu our community. And I said, you know what? Let's try and break that so to put to bed that it was a fluke. And let's bring everybody together. Also, COVID was going on a lot longer than a lot of us expected. So we did the second one and literally broke uh, and shattered the first record. So for me, it was eye-opening to see how many people we could service virtually all over the world. Uh, so we are going to be doing pod globals uh, every so often. Uh, we moved. Uh, we have one uh, later next year. And there's a lot of languages that are spoken. People uh, from all over the world attend that. We've really... It's been very um, impressive, and you're part of that, Mike, uh, how many of us here in the U.S. have been able to reach out and, and hang out with people all over the world virtually. So it's been, it's been an amazing thing for me. 
PuntFest, since, you know, we, we, we'll be getting over 2,000 attendees at our live events, and it's a lot of fun. But I think the main thing is it's so cool that we're able to help people the world over through these online events that really got big thanks to, you know, COVID and people being locked at home. So we're able to hang out with each other virtually. I, I just, I still, I'm, I'm very blessed that we had that experience all together trying to help each other during a time of need. Awesome. Awesome. And truly, as I mentioned, we were definitely honored to be a part of that second uh, record breaking uh, feet of the uh, 5,816 people. Uh, my company, Storymore, which is, as you know, an app that's on the App Store and providing audio dramas to those who would like to be able to enjoy a great story no matter what they're doing. Um, we had an opportunity to be a sponsor in that 2021 run and were able to help be a part of that. So I'm excited to be able to say I uh, have a small part in the uh, Guinness Book of World Records uh, as well. So I'll, I'll take that and uh, put that as a plaque on my wall as well. Um, but from the other side of it, you did mention, obviously, we have those these couple of tracks here. We have PodFest Global, um, uh, which is that online expo event that won these two titles and then PodFest um, Live, which is the event of the expo, obviously, in Orlando. Uh, in general every year but if you've created two massive events like this and run them successfully every year it seems like well you can do anything right and um, I love the point that you brought out about just trying to have that chip on your shoulder and and make sure it's not a fluke and and go beyond and it's important that people understand that for masters uh, it's not greed or anything like that that drives them further it's the continued exploration and validation of their abilities and what they're able to do and their networks and now that they have this sort of new platform of an accomplishment how much higher can they go uh, for instance as an example it's just not enough to get to the edge of the atmosphere let's go to the moon and then of course from the moon we're now having conversations about going even further so for you my last question uh, two minutes left and, and and you can wrap it up um is you have these events and and from that standpoint, uh, most people would say, okay, I'm cool. For you, is there anything else that you would like to do either with these events or perhaps even look outside the realm of what you're doing now? Uh, and in contrast to that, or do you think it's uh, a better idea to just kind of focus and home in on your craft and just make that one thing better? So I guess the question is, are we open on mastery? Are there more goals for you uh, to accomplish outside of PodFest uh, or continued things with PodFest? No, I think right now we're at the phase where we're going an inch wide and a mile deep. So we're, we want to deepen the connections at PodFest and we want to make sure that um, more and more creators hear about us and show up to our shows. So that's kind of where we're at in the phase. We're always, you know, showing all the video stuff that's going on, video podcasting. We're always um, spotlighting what's going on with um, Web3, you know, all the different tools. But I would say now... In the history of PodFest, next year will be our ninth live show, and 2024 will be our 10-year anniversary show. So we have a lot to be grateful for, and um, I think, Micah, for me, uh, I love this community. Eventually, uh, I'd love to see how we could you know, incorporate more of the members to be active parts of everything that we do. So we have a lot of initiatives I can't really touch on right now, but we're working on behind the scenes, too make sure that the PodFest community hopefully outlasts me many, many years. Well, hopefully, Chris, the day is far away where we won't see your presence at a PodFest in the leadership role. But of course, you've built such a great community, man, that is so passionate about not just podcasting in general, 
but obviously uh, passionate about what you have created from a cultural standpoint. I've never seen such an accepting, warm, loving uh, community as the one that you have created there uh, with PodFest. And, and again, that is uh, mirrored and emulated uh, in other organizations as well that also represent the same medium. Uh, of course, you mentioned the expansion of tracks. Uh, guys, That, as you know, podcasting is mostly in general thought of as an audio medium, but of course there are also video versions uh, as well, and they uh, highlight that at PodFest Global um, and at PodFest Expo uh, each year. So the opportunity to grow uh, in both of those areas is massive. But I love what you said, going an inch while a mile deep, uh, just making sure that you are focusing on your mastery and what it is that you're good at and enhancing that the best way possible. So if you want to be a part of PodFest Global next year, you can do it. It's going to be in January of 2023, and you can go to podfestexpo.com. Again, that's podfestexpo.com and join them next year, January 26th through the 29th of 2023. And hopefully you are hearing this podcast in enough time to make your travel plans today to be there live in Orlando, Florida at the Renaissance Orlando Hotel uh, thank you so much, Chris, for joining us today, for taking time out of your busy schedule, for being a part of this podcast, this initial podcast of Learn and Lead. Thanks thank you, Micah. I am Micah Thomas. I'm going to be your continued host, and I want to sign off today just letting you know that you can only lead based on what you have learned. And today, we had the opportunity to learn at least a few things from the master, Chris Kremitzos. Until next time, you've done some learning. Now it's time to go lead.